sometimes you just need to touch grass, literally and figuratively. And we recommend you bring books. Tell the bibliologist set tailored book recommendations about what you love and what you don't and what you want to read this summer on your outdoor adventures. You can get your recommendations via email or receive hardcovers in the mail. And TBR has plans for every budget. This summer, touch grass and bring books. You pack the bags, we pick the books. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. It only takes a few minutes. That's mytbr.co. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 422, and today we are talking about books being released on July 18th, 2023, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Tears of Price, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Tears of hello! Hey there! How's tricks? You have a book out now. Another book, I should say. I do! I do have a third book out. Yeah! How's that going? It's going pretty well. Like, it's, you know, it's always like a big, really big flurry of excitement. And then like, oh, okay, it's out. And then you're kind of like, okay, now I have to write another book, <laughs> and which is fine. <laughs> but like, I'm not complaining at all. It's been a lovely release. And I still have a couple more events that I'm going to do. And um, yeah, but it's always funny how like it comes so quickly and then it like goes so quickly and you're like, whoa, okay. So, but I survived. Yeah. It's very exciting. I think I saw a picture of you with like a giant stack of books. The other day, like you were signing a bunch somewhere. Yeah, I did a signing in at my local Barnes and Noble. And like by local, I mean like they're an hour and a half away from me, but they're lovely. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so if you are in the um, Western Nebraska, Western Iowa, Eastern Nebraska area, the Sioux City Barnes and Noble has tons of books of mine that I've written that are signed by me. So yeah, it was fun. Awesome. I've never been to Nebraska. Or Iowa, although I do have a stuffed ear of corn that <laughs> someone got me when they were going through Nebraska once. Yeah, <laughs> so, that shacks. There's a lot of corn. It's like the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like you notice the difference, like when you pass from Iowa to Nebraska, because like first of all, you you know you go over the Missouri River, so you have to like go over a bridge. But then also you notice a difference because like the highways get weirder once you get to Nebraska. Sorry to any Nebraskans who are listening to this, but your highways <laughs> are weird. Like the way you have exits that turn into more exits, it's very confusing. Um, I'm glad that I always have GPS. But that's, you know, I've been to only just um, the eastern part of Nebraska. I've not gone further west than um, Omaha and Lincoln. So, yeah, I don't I don't know that state very well. But I I do occasionally go across the river over to Omaha and Lincoln. Yeah. Omaha is a really great song by Tapes and Tapes, which is related, but not important. And also, (laughs) I live in New England. So like, you could go to all kinds of states in like a day, you know, so right. So I've been to like many different states right around here. But I did I loved working at the bookstore, which was on the Piscataqua River, which is has Maine on one side and New Hampshire on the other side, you know, because authors would come and I'd be like, you know, our bookstore was in New Hampshire, but I'd be like, have you ever been to Maine? And many times they would be like, no, I said, okay, great, come with me and let's walk out the door <laughs> and down the street and like cross this bridge and hello, you're in Maine. And they were so excited. You know, it's like something that I've taken for granted my whole life because we did it all the time, but they would get so excited. And uh, I remember one time, I think it was Marcy Germanski, like I, I left her by the park 
there's this beautiful park on, on the water and, and she wanted to hang out there for a while. She came back and she's like, I don't think I'm hallucinating because I think I saw seals. And I was like, you <laughs> did see seals. <laughs> like, welcome to Maine, New Hampshire. That's so funny. So it's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Michigan, which is a peninsula. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it takes effort to leave the state because, like, I didn't, <laughs> like, I was, like, firmly, like, in northern lower peninsula Michigan. And so it's, yeah. like, literally, like, three hours at, at least to get to a state border. So moving to Iowa, because, like, I'm within an hour of, like, three different states. I'm like, this is wild. I could just go to another state at any time. <laughs> um, so yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I love, like, trivia about the states, too. Like, you know, which of the Arizona states doesn't end with A? And, like, which state only has one syllable in its name? And, like, all the stuff. I love, like, nerdy trivia like that. I'm not going to give you the answers right now, so everyone can think about them. But before I tell you more, we are going to hear from a sponsor. Sometimes you just need to touch grass, literally and figuratively. And we recommend you bring books. Tell the bibliologists that tailored book recommendations about what you love and what you don't and what you want to read this summer on your outdoor adventures. You can get your recommendations via email or receive hardcovers in the mail. And TBR has plans for every budget. This summer, touch grass and bring books. You pack the bags, we pick the books. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. It only takes a few minutes. That's mytbr.co. All right. So speaking of states, uh, the area code today is 422, and it represents Shawnee, Kansas, and the surrounding areas. Hello to people in Kansas. I've never been to Kansas. Yeah, same. But we know we know many people from Kansas. Indeed. Jeff and Rebecca. So that's exciting. Someday I'll go. I have been down the whole like eastern seaboard because I drove to Florida once, but that's that's like the extent, you know? Maybe a couple other states. I really need to get out more. But so before we start talking about books today, I want to remind you that we have a new podcast, of which I was a guest the other day. So if you Ooh. haven't heard it, we have a new podcast called First Edition. What do S.A. Cosby, Khaled Hosseini, and Sarah Bakewell and other authors have in common? They've been guests on Book Riot's newest podcast, First Edition, where BookRiot.com co-founder Jeff O'Neill explores the wide bookish world. You can subscribe to hear them and stay to hear Book Riot's editors pick the It Book of the Month. To subscribe, go to wherever it is that you get your podcasts and search for First Edition. Jeff had me on the other day. He said, I need you to come onto the show and I can't tell you why or what you're gonna do <laughs> and as we all know i'm our it's really hot in my office but i mean i sweat like crazy when we record anyway because i'm always so nervous i don't know why still so i was like please no please tell me what's happening i need to prepare and he's like no but it was really easy he just had all these ideas that he wanted to try out for the show and he wanted me to like give them a rating like say if they were good or bad he's like and you're always like really nice so he's like i knew it wouldn't be too brutal if i had you on to ask your <laughs> advice so i was like okay so that was fun. That was really fun. So we're going to talk about books today. I'm only going to talk about one book that I have read, sort of. This is actually my birthday episode. 
Yay! It's, so when this comes out, it'll be my birthday. Yay! Woo-hoo. I think this is the... Is this the second time that it's happened on my birthday? I think so, because we've been doing this for eight years now, so it must be. But yeah, I'm just going to talk about, because I had to save some books for the newsletter. I want to remind you, if you don't know, we have a new books newsletter where I talk about other books that I have read that have come out today. And I don't like to use the same books, because how fun would that be if like you're subscribed to both? Like, who wants that? So you get more books if you sign up for the newsletter. But yeah, I'm just going to be ungovernable like a baby hippo today, because it's my birthday episode. Do what you want. <laughs> I read some books and I did not like them. <laughs> so uh, I'm scraping the barrel here. But this first book I read at the beginning of October of last year, and I've been waiting so long. I think I've actually talked about it on the show like two times already. Like one time I talked about it, another time I did it for like the preview episode. And now we're going to talk about it for realsies. It's The Deep Sky by Yume Kitase. I love this book. This has fast become my... Favorite subgenre of science fiction, the we need to find a new planet because ours stinks genre, like where they have to go off and look for a new place to live, like Mickey Seven and the Nisa Brown one that I'm forgetting now all of a sudden. But in the deep sky, same, same deal. Our planet stinks. There's a crew of 80 people on the Phoenix. They're on a mission to find a new planet where we can live. And they have to go really, 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 really far to look for this. So... They have been in cryosleep for like 10 years on this ship, these people. And so they, after 10 years, they wake up, they're, they're woken up. And after just a short amount of time of being awake, there is an explosion on the mm. outside of the ship. Now, the ship, it's a big explosion. It kills three crew members. It knocks them off their course and breaks a whole bunch of stuff. And so now it's like, we're just going to keep going out into space in the wrong direction until... We all die. And they don't know how to get back, and they don't know who set the explosion. Could it be somebody who's on the ship? Like, there are a few people on the ship who would benefit from this. You know, people who moved up in rank. But back on Earth, before they left, there was an organization that was against the mission. They didn't want it to happen at all. Because, no surprise, sending a crew of 80 people into space for, like, a bazillion years costs a lot of money. And there were people on Earth who were like, we should be using these resources to figure out a way to fix things and take care of ourselves now, and this is not a good idea, and they were very against it. So, like, did they plant this device? Did they activate it remotely? Like, because, like, we're in the future, kind of. Obviously, we're going to space where we've never been before, so technology is a lot different. And I'm going to tell you about some more technology in a minute, which is, like, way different. So, like, yeah, we're way in the future now. So, uh, the main character is Asuka. She has always wanted to go to space, but her mother is against it. Her mother actually believes, like, this is a terrible idea. But she gets into this program, and, like, the program for for this mission is, like, years and years and years of extensive training and schooling, and um, she meets all these people while she's there, and she becomes more estranged from her mother as time goes by. And we see the stories of her at home in between stories of, like, everyone running around the ship trying to figure out who did this, is the bomber still on board, what's going to happen... How do we get back on track? So it's like, it's like family drama, but also a locked spaceship mystery, which is so fun. And I just, I just loved it. Asuka is a complex, fully realized character. She was a great main focus for this world. And like I said before, there's some really cool tech. So the crew all have implants. Like they have these chips that 
I, I read this in October, so forgive me if I'm not remembering correctly. I don't know if they can communicate with each other using the tech, but they do have the ability to change their reality, what they're seeing, to whatever they want. So, because being in space on, like, a gray spaceship with, like, a bunch of, like, computers and boring stuff gets old and probably makes you really sad. So, you can go to work and sit down at your desk, start typing on your computer, but when you look around, you're in your favorite bookstore. You're surrounded by kittens. You're walking through a forest. Like, you can see whatever you want. And the thing that I couldn't believe is that people still function. Like, if I was, like, sitting here trying to record a podcast and there were kittens jumping all around, I don't know that I could... (laughs) That I could actually, like, figure out what I was doing or handle it. But that's what these people do. So everyone is in their own happy place pretty much all the time, which is amazing to me. Like, sounds great. I'm kind of jealous. So I just, I love this book. So it's just a really smart mystery about family and belonging and politics and the future. I do want to give content warnings uh, for inclusions of racism, sexism, violence, murder, gore. Grief and trauma and loss of a loved one, terrorism, disordered eating, miscarriage and pregnancy traumas, and mentions of animal death, both in nature and pet death. This is, first of all, I can't wait to read something else by Yumi Kitase. I mean, it's amazing. So this one is called The Deep Sky. Awesome. All right. My first pick is called How Can I Help You? And it's written by Laura Sims. And I was intrigued by this one because it is set largely at a library. And I have always uh, thought that libraries are fantastic chaotic settings for all sorts of stories. Um, I've worked in the libraries for a long time. So yeah, there's there's always something going on at the library. And this one is about two librarians. So one, and she's like the one that you kind of get like the most, you know, from her point of view, her name is Margot. Or is it her? So Margot is actually a fugitive. She used to be a nurse, but after a string of um, very suspicious deaths that happened on her watch um, throughout a series of hospitals, um, she finally got caught administering um, lethal doses of drugs to one of her patients. And that's obviously very bad. And so she went on the run and she changed her name. She changed her identity. Nobody really knows who she is. And then she just got this job as like basically circulation clerk at this little library. So the library is probably like in a smaller town, but not like super small. And she really likes it there because um, like the hospitals that have, you know, strict rules and routines and regulations, like the library is kind of similar. Like there's, you know, a lot of organization in libraries, there's rules and policies to follow, and she really thrives in her routine. And she's very happy there. She's kind of, you know, keeping a low profile because obviously she doesn't want to get caught and be exposed for being a fugitive. But at the same time, she's exerting control over her patrons wherever she can um, in ways that, you know, might seem a little bit benign, but also are, have like a little bit of a sinister edge to them as well. Like, um, you know, this book is written from her perspective for the most part, but you don't ever want to forget that like, yeah, she's she's a killer. So everything is going well for Margot. 
until one day their little library gets the budget to hire a reference librarian and they've not had a reference librarian in many years and the director is so excited that they can you know finally have the budget to hire somebody new and this young woman named Patricia is hired and Patricia is um, a failed novelist and she loves writing but all you know at the beginning is that she's been writing this novel forever and it failed to sell and she's really like taken her self-esteem has really taken a nosedive because of that so she's gotten her first library job outside of library school and she's come here and her job is basically to you know bring the library to the 21st century when it comes to their informational services and reference and Margot cannot stand Patricia for like no apparent good reason other than it's just a vibe that she's getting meanwhile when you're in Patricia's point of view she's very intrigued by Margot and she can tell that like there's something just different about her So these two would probably just go along, you know, circling each other for a while until one day an older woman has some sort of medical emergency in the library's bathroom. And it's not really clear what happened to her, but Patricia witnesses Margot like with this woman in the bathroom, kind of like in her final moments before she passes away. And there's just something about that moment that intrigues her. So Patricia starts to try to get to know Margot a little bit better. And Margot is then somewhat charmed by Patricia and then reveals maybe more than she ought to. So this is, you know, it's got like sort of hints of like Samantha Downing, if you like Samantha Downing books, which are mostly like really messed up characters doing like all sorts of messed up things. Um, Like that is Margot for sure. Um, And you get like right in her head. Um, But at the same time, it's more of a slow burn than I think like a Samantha Downing book would be. But it's really intriguing to see how like obsession and fascination with people and also you know you're getting both perspectives of Margot and Patricia and they both have very wildly different takes on like the same situations and the same events and like each other and so it's interesting to see how people can just have different perceptions of things but then also you've got this tension of like okay but what really did happen to that patron in that bathroom did Margot have something to do with it is Patricia going to find out what Margot's secret past really is all about? Um, some tremendous tension and also a fun library setting, if I can say fun in relation to this book. Um, it was really fascinating. And um, it also leaves you kind of like sitting at the edge of your seat. So that is How Can I Help You by Laura Sims. It has an amazing cover. It does. Amazing. And... Uh, you'll have to forgive me. I had to I had to go untangle the cat from the shades. So if you already said this, I heard you say Samantha Downing. Did you mention she has a book out today as well? <gasps> no, I didn't. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize. She does. Uh, Twisted Love Story. So I just thought I would throw that out there. Yeah. Um, but I am very excited about this book. I follow Laura on Instagram. And I saw that you picked it. So I was like, oh, I'm going to wait to read it. But, oh. Also, I like I'm looking at the cover again, which is like a library card burning. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, do they still use those? I don't know. I haven't been to the library in like I don't know how long. It's the card that they slip into the little envelope in the back. 
Yeah. Well, I've never worked at a library that still uses them. <laughs> I mean, I thought maybe, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the automated... I mean, like, so there are some old library books, though, that will still have, like, the pockets in them. But, like, yeah, yeah we don't actually... We don't slip the cards in. Although I do work at a library system that does slip, like, a generic card into a pocket. But that's part of the security system. Um, not yeah. actually to keep track of checkouts. <laughs> but I love, yeah, I love the vintage, vintage um, library card on fire this cover it's awesome yeah i I remember like when i volunteered at a library many years ago like they had already moved on to like barcodes so there was no card in the back so that would be terrible if you're like who checked this book out before me all those mysteries where people be like i found this name in the back of a book let's find out who checked out it before me like you can't do that anymore very sad no it's kind of federally protected privacy information now (laughs) so my next pick like I said, I've just gone wild today. Uh, I haven't actually read this one, but I'm very excited to read it. And I know everyone else is very excited to read it. It is Silver Nitrate by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. Moreno-Garcia is the author of a billion books that we have recommended on Book Riot now, including Mexican Gothic, Velvet Was the Night, The Daughter of Dr. Moreau, I believe was the last one. We are big fans here at Book Riot. This one is set... In Mexico City in the 1990s, it is about a young woman and her best friend. She has been secretly in love with him, like, since their childhood. They grew up together. And they discover that his next-door neighbor is actually a famous director of cult horror films. They get to talking to him. This is, like, this is all speculation. Maybe they just email with him. I don't know. I haven't read the book. But anyway, they interact with him. They find out that. He has a film, or he has film, like actual film, like you put in the the projector, of a movie that he was working on that apparently a Nazi occultist performed some kind of spell over. And Mm. from the description, I don't know if it was like a good spell or a bad spell. It seems like Nazi occultist bad, but I don't know. But the director never finished filming the movie. It's missing a scene. And so now he and the film are cursed and he tells them that if they help him finish making this movie if they film this missing scene uh it'll break the curse and great things will happen apparently but you know which sounds reasonable right like man next door says hey nazi cursed film come make movie and they're like oh yeah sure sounds good yeah so they do yeah they agree and then not surprisingly weird supernatural things start to happen so Sounds really fun. Uh, reminds me a little of Night Film, which I love. Love, love, love. And some Dario Argento, you know, Italian classic horror director. Like, I get, I'm getting those vibes from it. So I might even read it this weekend to to write about in the newsletter on Sunday. So we'll see. Stay tuned. Uh, so this one is Silver Nitrate by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. And I just want to say that, you know, I've mentioned now before that my husband and I watch a lot of quiz shows. And the other day, we watch a lot of reruns because we haven't seen all the episodes. One of the questions was something like, you know, this kind of film was used, it was very flammable until recently. And I was like, silver nitrate? And the answer was silver <laughs> nitrate. And I was like, I learned something from a book again. Oh my gosh, amazing. Yeah. Once again, reading saves you. Reading <laughs> saves, saves everyone, makes you look smart. I need all the smarts I can get. All right, you are up next. Yes. So my next pick, okay, I have not finished this one because 
Um, it's a graphic novel and, um, you know, I, I could only get the digital copy and like, oh, I, I have a very hard time. Unlike you, Liberty, I have a very hard time reading books on a screen. And I know like you project them on your TV and maybe then that experience would improve for That's me. That's the best way to read graphic novels. Yeah, I can't do it otherwise. Yeah, projective on your TV screen. I should try that sometime. But um, I got halfway through this and I was like, I just, you know, I think I want like the physical copy, but it's Firebird by Soon Me. And it's so, mm, I loved it. So it is about Caroline, who is a sophomore. Um, she is kind of quiet, kind of self-contained. She feels a lot of pressure to do well academically and to just kind of like live up to her mom's expectations. She lives with her mom. You kind of get hints at the beginning that her dad is out of the picture, but you're not really sure like what that whole situation is. And her mom has recently started working at this new job and, and is still trying to kind of like, like not quite micromanage, but just, you know, trying to parent from afar. And Caroline to get kind of like a head start on college applications decides it'd be a good idea to start peer tutoring at her high school. And so she gets matched up with this senior named Kim. And Kim is like, you know, very popular, very outgoing, so easygoing. She laughs and she jokes about everything. She doesn't seem to, you know, get as wound up about things as Caroline does. And, you know, Caroline has like all these confusing avalanche of feelings about Kim. Like at first she wants to avoid her, but then she's intrigued by her. And then she like, you know, starts to like her. And so they both are queer, you know, Korean American teens navigating the experience of, you know, going to an American high school. And um, I I think it's like the Bay area. So I think it's pretty, you know, fairly diverse um, in that regard. But they both kind of relate to each other because they have similar experiences that like not many of their peers have as well. So this is it's very beautifully drawn, like it's mostly like very fine lines. Um, It looks like um, very fine ink lines. I'm not an artist, so I'm not actually sure about the techniques with um, it's all black and white uh, with gray shading, except for certain panels and spreads you'll see like a pink shading or like you'll see like the pink and red lines and it's usually whenever Caroline is encountering or thinking about Kim so it's a very striking you know use of color just those two colors and it's done really really well I think so I I like it I feel like there's so much that like I could relate to about you know being in high school and when you're like existing in your own bubble and then like seeing other people and being like I don't know something about just like walking down your high, crowded high school halls and like just the idea of like seeing somebody that you like or seeing somebody that you don't know how to how you feel about like that becomes like such an agonizing experience like I think that is captured so well in this graphic novel so that is Firebird by Sumi I read about half of it really enjoying it and it's one that I definitely want to get a physical copy of awesome I will look for that be sure to read it I had like two weeks where my computer was not responding to my TV and it was very sad. <gasps> oh, I was like, oh no, because that is how I prefer to read graphic novels because my eyesight is not as good as it used to be. So I like to see them really big. It's hard to read the cartoon bubbles for me, like when there's little ones. So if I put them yeah. up on the big TV, that's how I got started doing that. But now it is all fixed, which is very exciting. So 
I'm back to hogging the couch all the time. Yeah. And I was like, I was saying to my husband, I was like, maybe I should get like a big screen TV for my office. And just re- <laughs> he's like, no, silly. <laughs> I was like, okay. It would take up book space, Liberty. Well, it would take up wall space, which is like covered by stickers, I think. I would put it like on the wall, like in front of my desk. But then I'd have to sit like really far away from my desk, I think. That wouldn't work because that is filled with books. So, yeah, a conundrum for sure. One game changer for me was I got a, like a really big monitor that, yeah. you know, at, oh, and I I always thought like, I have a laptop, like, why would I need a big monitor? And then I got a big monitor and I'm like, my precious, I love you. Yeah. I am not smart in the ways of computers, but I wonder, you must be able to get a monitor that you can hook up to your laptop? Yep, you can. Possible? Yep, that, that, that's what I do. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll just get like a big monitor for my laptop and put that on my desk. Then the cats would knock it over. I don't know. Anyway, this is all very exciting. Just talking about <laughs> reading books makes me want to go read books. I'll see you later. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> So my next pick, we have talked about some books that we have read, or like me, not read. And we're going to talk about more of today's releases, both hardcover and paperback that we are excited about, but haven't necessarily read. Uh, I'm going to quickly tell you about one that is very exciting, uh, but it is a sequel. So I just wanted to put it on your radar so you know it is out today, because everyone should always know when there is a new freaking Colson Whitehead. Woo! I love him. I mean, well, I love his books. I love his books. Um, this one is called Crook Manifesto, and it is a follow-up to Harlem Shuffle, which is his historical crime novel that came out a couple of years ago. That one is about furniture store owner and small-time fence Ray Carney, who lives in Harlem in the 1960s. He is just trying to make ends meet and keep his business afloat and also get a nice place so that he and his wife can raise a family. And also he's forever trying to impress his in-laws who don't think he's good enough for their daughter. So like he has this legit business and then he does an occasional like small little fence on the side. But then his cousin gets him mixed up in a job with a mobster who then decides that Ray is going to work for him from now on. And so now Ray has to figure out, like, how he's going to get out of that and also keep from getting arrested when things go horribly wrong, because things always go horribly wrong. And Quick Manifesto is the further story of Ray Carney and what happened to him, and also one of the great side characters from Harlem Shuffle, Pepper. This one takes place in the 1970s. It's great. It's Crook Manifesto, and it's by Colson Whitehead. And now we are going to hear from our next sponsor. All right, Tirza, what do you have for us? Okay, I have All That's Left to Say by Emery Lord. And I've been really looking forward to this book. I haven't read it yet, although I did just get a copy. Um, so that is exciting. It is about Hannah. She um, has just lost her cousin, Sophie. Sophie was pretty much like her best friend. She was really close to her. And Sophie has died in an apparent overdose. And this really caught off caught Hannah off guard because she really didn't realize that Sophie was um, dealing with um, substance issues and addiction. And so she is, you know, just torn apart by grief, but she's also, you know, wanting answers and wanting to figure out what happened and, and how Sophie got into this situation. So Sophie goes to a fancy, fancy private school that Hannah does not go to. And Hannah finds a way to kind of, like, not quite scam, but, you know, she she's finds a way to get herself enrolled at 
Sophie's school so that she can figure out, you know, what actually happened to her cousin and uncover the truth. And it's, you know, for her, it means kind of going a little bit of a spy. And she goes in there and she's, you know, trying to befriend Sophie's friends and figure out like what happened to her. Like, how did she um, become addicted and how, you know, who is responsible really? But of course, as she is diving deeper into this investigation, it is revealing surprising things that um, Hannah wasn't expecting. Um, So this is a dual um, timeline book. So it goes back and forth between then and now. The cover is gorgeous. I'm really excited to read this book. And I mean, Emery Lord always puts out really solid YA. And this one's been getting a lot of really great reviews. So it looks amazing. That is all that's left to say by Emery Lord. Oh, right. I also just got a copy of that uh, in the mail. I guess that that goes without saying. Or, or maybe if it was an e-copy, I don't know. I was just thinking, like, when I said I just got a copy of that in the mail, I realized, like, maybe people are thinking, like, oh, I didn't say in the mail. Maybe it came by spaceship. Maybe it just magically appeared on my desk. I don't know. I would believe it for you. It's really, really, really hot in my office, and it's affecting <laughs> my brain. <laughs> so my last pick for today is a series that I love, 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 love. It's actually coming out in a collection. The first three books of the Wayward Children series by Shannon McGuire is out in paperback today. It's called Be Sure. And like I said, this contains the first three books. I love this series. I just recently reread all of them, except the ninth one, which I just got by mail. And it's this very Alice in Wonderland story series, but like for grownups, but also like older teens would probably really dig these. Um, they are a little dark and violent at times. They center around Eleanor West's home for wayward children. Now, in this world, the world of these novellas, kids can travel to other worlds. Like, maybe one day a kid goes out into the woods to play and doesn't come back. And then, many years later, they show up. Sometimes still the same age. Sometimes adults. Sometimes, you know, like, the right amount of time has lapsed since they were missing. And when these kids come back, they are in two camps. Because these kids have gone to other worlds. Now, one camp is forget everything that happened to you and move on. Like, they had a horrible time in this other world. It was traumatic. Uh, They can't deal with it. They don't want to talk about it. And so they go to this one school. Now, the kids who come back and they don't know how to deal with reality now, and they don't want to be here in our world anymore, they go to Eleanor West's school because Eleanor West herself once disappeared for an amount of time and she knows what it's like to come back and want to go back to where you are except now they're older or their doors have disappeared and they just they can't go back through the door and it's sad so the first book in this series is a mystery set on the school grounds and then as the series progresses, we go back and learn about several of the students at the school, like the different places that they went, or possibly maybe a student gets to go back to one of those places. And like I said, some of these worlds are great. You know, some are made out of candy. (laughs) Some of these worlds are bad, like just awful. There are worlds with vampires. But you know, like one world is a place where everybody just stands like a statue all day. Like that's what they like to do. There's uh, unicorns, there's mermaids, there's a goblin market. They're so fun. And I loved learning the backstory and like how like they interact with each other and what, like, what's going on. There's, uh, I think the sixth or seventh book, we're back in this world. And there's something going on, but I'm not going to spoil it. But yeah, 
it's great. Like I said, there's nine books in the series now. They're, they're novellas. They're, they're short. You can read them really fast or you can get this big fat collection, read the first three. And then the ninth one comes out on January 9th. So this is Be Sure, Wayward Children books one through three by Shannon McGuire. I also really love those books. Um, and it's exciting to see that they're getting a bind up because they're really short. So it's, yeah. it's nice to be able to just like have the first three. However, I love the titles of each of the individual books so much that I like be sure I'm like, eh, that's, I don't know, that, do, that doesn't do it for me as a title. But like, so if the title's not catching you, just know that like, these books are yeah. so good. Just pick them yeah. up and read them. Well, and it, it is relevant. It's like each of the each of the doors has a sign over it, like whether the kids see it or not before they enter that world that says be sure, like before you yeah. go through it. But like, you know, like most children, like who's paying attention to that? You know, like door. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the first book is called Every Heart a Doorway. There's Down Among the Sticks and Bones, Beneath the Sugar Sky. Uh, What else? Uh, Where the Drowned Girls Go, which also makes me think of Where the Down Boys Go by Warrant. I always get that stuck in my head. (laughs) Anyway, what do you have next for us? Up next, I have What a Desi Girl Wants by Sabina Khan. And um, I don't know if you ever saw the Amanda Bynes movie, What a Girl Wants. I did not. It came out in the early 2000s. Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. That was in heavy rotation for me in like, you know, junior high sleepovers. So definitely remember <laughs> watching and loving that movie. And this book is basically like a revamp of that movie, but it is set in India and it's queer and it sounds amazing. So it is about Mehar. She and her mom left India when she was six years old because her parents split up and her father basically, you know, said, I'm not coming to the United States with you. Like my life is here. Bye, basically. And so now it's 10 or 11 years later and her father is getting remarried married and so Mehar agrees that she'll go back to India and attend the wedding and she's hoping to maybe reconnect with her dad whom she hasn't seen in all this time but so her dad is like you know Indian royalty beyond wealthy it's a completely different you know society and world from her life in the United States and so she gets there and she meets um, Sophia, who is her grandmother's assistant, and she strikes up a friendship with her. It, you know, is maybe sort of turning into something more. But during this entire time, she's also met her father's um, soon-to-be wife, and she is not a nice person. She's a socialite. She, her daughter is Mehar's age and is a social media influencer. She finds them to be really shallow and, and just like very not nice people. They're not nice to her and so she's thinking like I can't let my dad marry this woman but if she you know tries to stop the wedding like things could really blow up in her face so um, it's kind of like the basic plot line of uh, what a girl wants um, but with a queer and uh, Desi twist and I'm really excited for this I like I said I love that movie when I was in junior high I haven't seen it since then so you know don't come at me if it doesn't hold up Um, but I do remember really loving that story and I think this book sounds amazing so I can't wait to read it awesome yeah I mean I know who I know the story because of her being in the news like I know of that movie but I'm much older than you Tisa I'm well, <laughs> I'm 48 today. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm 47. I don't know how old I am. <laughs> Oops. I'm 47 today. So, yeah. 
Sometimes it's so funny when you're like, I, you know, when I was in elementary school and I was thinking like, I think I was out of high school at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I mean, I'm 30, so immature. <laughs> I'm 31. So yeah, there's a bit of an age gap between us, but I yeah. love that we are brought together by our love of books. Yeah. Books are the best. Yay, books. Answering quiz show questions and bringing bookish people together Woo! since however long books have been around. Um, so those are books that we have read, books that we are excited to read, always excited to read books. I get like, I get really excited to record the show. I know that everyone must think that I drink like a ton of, of Red Bull before I do the show, but I don't. I'm just, I just get so excited to talk about books. It's just my favorite thing to do. Um, and then after the, after we're done recording the podcast, I'm always like, <sighs> sad. Yeah. It's amazing that we get paid to do this. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So now I'm going to tell you about a few paperbacks today. These were in hardcover and now they are out in paperback. Starting with Thistlefoot by Jenna Rose Nethercott. I think we talked about this on the show. I cannot remember. Um, this is about the Yaga siblings who inherit a house. This isn't just any house. This is a house with chicken legs because it belongs to... An ancestor, Baba Yaga. But the house comes with history and a dark presence. The Work Wife by Allison B. Hart. This one got so many amazing reviews. I haven't read it. I have it, like, lined up to read uh, in my... So, like, I make a pile of books that I want to read. And then that turns into, like, a whole section of a room. And so then I start pulling books out of that that I want to make into, like, a tbr to read sooner and that turns into a whole big pile so then i start making a list and so a couple weeks ago i started making a new list i'm like these are the books that i need to read the soonest and like i put the work wife on this and then yesterday i looked at it and it's like 259 titles and i was like yeah gotta start making a new list so maybe i'll put the work wife at the top of this one because i know so many people loved it it's about three women in hollywood and a house party that blows up all their lives by the time the sun rises Mademoiselle Revolution by Zoe Sivek. This is about a, the biracial daughter of a plantation owner in Haiti who escapes during the Haitian Revolution and winds up in Paris. But it turns out being an heiress in Paris at this time is not much safer for the aristocrats are losing their heads. A Death in Door County by Annalise Ryan. This is the first in the Monster Hunter series. There is another book in this mystery series on the way. It's about a bookstore owner in Wisconsin who hunts cryptids in her spare time. Cryptids being things that are rumored to be true but have never been seen, such as Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, Mothman, that kind of stuff. Uh, And she becomes involved in a case where people are turning up on the shores of Lake Michigan with monster bites. It makes me think of that X-Files episode where where Mulder and Scully go to that little town to investigate similar things. R.I.P. Queequeg. The Jassad Air by Sarah Hashem. This was a big hit on TikTok. I, I sadly, I still, I don't have a TikTok account, so I don't know. But I know this was a huge hit with book talkers. It's inspired by ancient Egyptian history. It's about a queen on the run after her family was killed. She's been in hiding for 10 years now. No one knows that she survived the attack. Uh, and then she stumbles across the heir to the forces responsible for killing her family. And he captures her when she accidentally reveals her magical abilities. Magic is forbidden, but... If she uses them to help him hunt the rebels, uh, he won't kill her. So she has to decide what she's going to do. 
Like I said, that one's getting great reviews. I think I might also read this one uh, for the newsletter, although I already have my choices. But, you know, what if I like one better? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So those are our paperback choices for today. Teresa, what are you going to read next? So, okay, I've been bouncing back and forth between two books right now, and okay. it's taking me like a long time to get through them because I keep going back and forth, although so I'm, <laughs> I'm finishing up Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. It's the first time I've read it. I like to wait, I guess, like right until a movie comes out before I'm like, oh, I'm going to finally read that. But um, I've been also going back um, to Fever in the Heartland by Timothy Egan which is really fascinating, really sobering account of the Ku Klux Klan in the 1920s and how they rose to power. Like, I have been learning so much in this book. I mm-hmm. did not, you know, that's like over 100, that's like 100 years ago. I did not know that they were as powerful and as prevalent in American life as they were. Like, I've always known that they've been around and that they gained a lot of power in the early early 1900s, but I just didn't realize that they were quite as influential as they are. So it's kind of like horrifying to read, but like, it's really good to get the history at the same time. So this is, um, yeah, it's a really important history. So it's particularly about the history of the Ku Klux Klan in Indiana, which was the state with the highest Klan members in the entire country, which I did not know because... I I just didn't know. So um, it's dark and it's heavy to read, which is why I've been cutting it with red, white, and royal blue. Um, So it's, it's, you know, two two extreme ends right there. But I've been enjoying both of those books. Awesome. Well, I have a galley. This is not even a humble brag. This is just a straight up (laughs) brag. I have Wandering Stars by Tommy Orange, which comes out on March 5th. Uh, this is the follow-up to There, There, which is, like, just one of the best novels that I've read in I don't know how long. And it is a it is a continuation of that story, so I haven't read it yet, obviously. I just got it uh, this morning. But if you don't want things spoiled for you in There, There, you are going to want to read that one first. So now is a good time to pick that one up before you pick up Wandering Stars, because I'm just so excited about this one. And I'm also reading... Planting Clues, How Plants Solve Crimes by David J. Gibson, because it just sounded like it would be an epic nerd purr, and it is. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah. So that is it for us today. Uh, thank you to our sponsors. You can search First Edition in your podcast player of choice to hear Jeff O'Neill interview authors, talk about it books. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. If you have a question, ask us. Maybe we'll answer it on the air. And I say on the air, I mean on the recorded air. Tears <laughs> <laughs> are where can people find you online? I hang out at um, on Instagram mostly at Tears of Price, although I did cave to peer pressure and get on threads as well. So Yeah. I yeah. came to peer pressure and got on Blue Sky, but it's turning out to be a hot mess again. Uh, so mostly I just hang out on Instagram at Alive. And if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcast and leave a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us, and we appreciate it so much. Shout out to the lovely person who mentioned that I love animals in a review a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, cried. I was so happy. They were like, P.S. Liberty is an animal lover. And I was like, oh, yeah, I am. You felt seen. <laughs> I really, really did. Um, so thank you for that. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. 
And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy reading. reading.